0: No, we're purging people, we're purging people Yeah, NBA Australia, how are you going? That's right, it is, it is, that's right, it really is, NBA Australia, it's Monday, May 9, May 9, what's going on? It's going to be May 9. Uh, I'm your host, James Clements. I'm a writer sometimes with whomstaffer wants to pay me that sweet, sweet fighting stuff here in Larry Armour Studios. Pretty much feeling good. I think I uh, have shaken the cocoa pretty nicely. I'm out of ISO. How good is that? So the squid and I hopped on the old treadley. Rode him over to daycare this morning. I went for a run. I didn't die, so that's good. <laughs> I'm still a little bit coffee, but we'll see how we go. Either way, let's get stuck into this one today. Awesome vibes. The kings of a new coach. That's hilarious. Uh, we've got two game fours to talk about today. We've got James Softon turning back into James Harden. You love to see that. Uh, Chris Paul in foul trouble on the court. His mum getting into punch-ons off the court. Jesus, some dickhead had to go at his family. Uh, so we're going to do about that in the NBA straight Game we have to Do a really quick weekend winners and losers in there too. Uh, we've got that's not a knife, old mate, no made, Spud of the night, better than Ball, dick Dickhead of the Weekend, yeah Nas, The unpopular opinion of the day and our back takeout. where we're serving up a flame grill take. I think uh our back take has reopened. Happy days. Uh very brief strand player watch, <laughs> as usual. And another Andrew Gay's Grey Mummer Award for outstanding achievement in the field of excellence, and a preview on pick for tomorrow's game fours. It's gonna be awesome. Cannot wait. And uh, that'll be it. I don't think the voice has recovered quite enough to get around a uh, skit, so I'll just leave you there. How's that sound? Good? Good. All right, let's get into it. Episode 811 of NBA Australia. Let's go. This is Joe Ingalls, and you're listening to NBA Australia. Yes, give it up, because Jimmy's back. <laughs> You'll love to see it. All right. Watch out for the Shaq attack. You better. I'm feeling good, feeling great. Better watch out for the attack of, uh, I don't know, recovery. It's pretty nice. Uh, you better also watch out for the Shaq attack. If you're Danny Green, I enjoyed the uh, after-game chat they had on Inside the NBA. Ernie Johnson was like, he's hit 10th, he's lost 13 from deep Shaq. You know what his nickname is? It's Icy Hot. And Shaq's like, oh, it is. Danny Green's, man, I hate that name. And Shaq says, I didn't approve that, sir. You didn't run out by my office. I think one of the very, very, very worst aspects of being a basketball fan living back in Australia is that suddenly we don't have uh, the sheer magnitude of Shaq endorsed products in Australia. In this state, Shaq is literally on like every second fucking commercial. It's uh, the general insurance. You've got Icy Hot. You've got his own soft drink. You've got his other things. There's like just, he just pops up going, hey, look, I'm in this. It's body wash. Look at this. I'm Shaq. And you're like, this is fucking great. Shaq, as far as I can see. This is why he's rich. I love it. And you get back home, you're like, Where, where's all the Shaq at? Fuck, where's Shaq, man? I got nothing in Australian fucking ads. Instead, it's like, oh. Just relax, fellas. The TV's not broke. It's like, fuck off! (laughs) Basically, all I'm trying to say is give me more shack. Anyway, right, let's start today's show the way we start every show here at NBA Australia with the daily whip around. And of course, uh, thanks to all the wildly kind messages and everything, uh, from the end of yesterday's show, or at least different parts of yesterday's show, where I did mention that old mate's pregnant... uh, I kind of just didn't think it was like that big of a deal, but it's very nice of everybody to sort of go, yeah, Jimmy, that's sick. I'm like, yeah, it is. It's because, like, we've told people for a while now, and I've just never mentioned it on the show. So, kind of fun, pretty excited. Uh, I mean, very excited, obviously. <laughs> what a shit thing to say. Super fucking stoked. So, exciting times ahead, uh, especially for NBA Australia. This is going to be absolutely bonkers. Uh, Towards the end of this year, I'll tell you that much. But either way, uh, thank you for all the very kind messages. You guys are fucking legends. It's really cool. Right. Actual basketball NBA news, the Kings. That's right. The Sacramento Kings are like, right. What coach are we going to hire, a.k.a. which former Golden State assistant should we hire this time? And they landed on Mike Brown. (laughs) They probably should have gone with Kenny Atkinson, I'm just saying. But still, they go with Mike Brown, four-year deal. Uh, you might remember from, uh, Mike Brown from flaming out with the Lakers, uh, from getting fired after really successful years in Cleveland. That's right, in Cleveland. Cleveland! And, uh, wow. Has, uh, he not really, you know, that second, well, that Lakers stint that he had was wildly brutal, but anyway, I mean, what can you do? He's very clearly the dude that they've just gone, fuck it, rolled the dice with again. Uh... It was always weird, right? Like he comes back to Cleveland as well for like an extra year in the middle. Like after the Lakers fired him, they brought him back in Cleveland for one more year, and uh, it was kind of fun. He was still not good, but jeez. Anyway, fun times, great memories, whatever. Good job, Mike Brown. He ostensibly we'll talk about this again in year nows really quickly, but is he going to in, sort of build up their defense? I mean, the Mike Brown clogged toilet offense is not going to be great, but they've got Darren Fox. They've got Demata Sabonis. Maybe they can alleviate that somewhat. I don't know. Anyway, other news. Ja Morant with his bulky knees. Already been listed as doubtful for tomorrow's game four against the Warriors. It's a bit weird. It's a bit shit. I want more Ja Morant in my life, not less. It's not how you do it. Uh And on top of that, there's going to be no action taken from the NBA on the Jordan Poole-Jar Morant play from Game 3 by the NBA office. So he's not going to get suspended or anything, which makes sense. Because there's no real like hard evidence that him sort of grabbing at his leg led to the injury. Despite what the Memphis Grizzlies are like, well, he got injured on that play. It's like, yeah, you can't really prove intent. I mean, what are we doing here? Uh, So... Bit of a tricky one. Very shitty one as well. But I'll talk about this again later in year now as well. Uh, pajama round out for game four. Jordan Poole will be playing. This sort of actually brings up uh, yesterday's year now, nah, I think from I Am Matty S, yes, about uh, the player who injures another player should be out for as long as that player is out. I'm still kind of on board with it. It, just, it should only be half as long if the ball wasn't near them, which is where I feel like I landed. Uh, if it's an off-the-ball play like Joker and um, Markeith Morris, then yeah, but still. Uh, good to see Markeith Morris back and being completely ineffectual today as well. Anyway, and the other big news from today was that uh, Dave McMenamin tweeted out after the game, how uh, the Suns-Mavs game, because uh, Chris Paul tweeted pretty, uh, I don't know, it's like, cool, Chris Paul is uh, not happy, oh shit, what's happened with his family? Because Chris Paul tweeted out, "Want to fine players for saying stuff to the fans, but the fans can put their hands on our families? Fuck that. And everyone's like, oh shit, what happened? And uh, McManaman tweeted out, a source familiar with Chris Paul's tweet after Game 4 told ESPN that Paul's mother had hands put on her by Dallas fans and Paul's wife was also pushed to make matters worse. Paul's kids witnessed it. They felt very unsafe, the source said. Uh, There is footage of like, Basically, a kid and his mum being kicked out. You're like, all right, that kid's name is definitely like Jaden or Brayden or something like that. (laughs) But I don't know. Seems like a weird situation. Uh, The Mavs came out and said, yep, fuck that. We're never going to stand for that sort of shit from our fans, obviously. And uh, nor should they, obviously. I'm going to talk about that again in a second as well. But uh, they came out and just went, nope. Not allowed. Can't have that. Fuck off. And um, here we are. So, bit of a weird situation with Chris Paul, but whatever. I mean, they kicked the dude out. We don't know what it's actually happened. It's a bit strange. And the last little bit of news, Drew Holiday. That foul on Marcus Smart at the end of Game 3 between the Celtics and the Bucks, with, uh, what, less than five seconds left. I love the NBA covering its ass with the old uh, last two-minute reports, etc., and the NBA said uh, the foul of Marcus Smart was correctly deemed a non-shooting foul. The contact came before Smart was bringing the ball upward towards the basket. Which is right. And that's what I said yesterday. Celtics fans, though, they're still going to get bent out of shape in about it. But that's what I sort of saw. I don't know what to tell you. That's what the league found as well. Right. Let's do some game wraps. Game wraps, game wraps, go. Game wraps, game wraps. Well, game wraps. That's right. The Dallas Mavericks beat the Suns. Oh, geez. 111-101. This game was nuts. So Chris Paul fouls out after 23 minutes, right? Fouls out with like nine minutes left in the fourth quarter. Um, And the Mavs, there's a couple of sketchy moments right after that where you're like, oh, shit, here come the Suns. But uh, they hold on and win. This is an awesome game for the Mavs fans, right? Like The Suns got up 8-7 and then never let again. Because the Mavs just went, you know what, fuck it, we'll hit every three. Which was incredible because then they didn't shit the bed. They kept their nerve and they rolled from there because, and I think this is the most important thing, Luca was just like, oh yeah, no, that's fine. uh, You and I, Jalen Brunson, will just really, really, really punish them on the inside and we'll let Darren Finney-Smith and Reggie Bullock hit all the threes. And that's how they won. This goes back to Game 3 and what we are talking about on yesterday's show, right? Where when the Mavs move the ball, they look fucking incredible. When there's Luca dance, 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 make him dance, 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 dancing at the top of the key, uh, outside the three-point line, just time and time again going ISO. You're like, well, this sucks. And it's going to end up in basically an ISO bucket, and it usually did. These last two games in Dallas... The Mavericks coaching staff have made enough tweaks where they're just getting these really, really nice off-ball cutting screens and stuff uh, to essentially free open dudes on the wings. And you're like, yes, this is how it should be played. And it's running the Phoenix uh, defense ragged. The crazy part is it took them till game three to sort of hit that role where they're like, right, Bronson, Luca, we'll put you in way more pick-and-roll action. We'll try to figure out if we can like, negate Aiton a little bit. And that's what's happened. So the Suns, look, they were playing drop coverage against Luca, just going, right, fucking Luca, have a crack, mate. And they were helping strong side defense a lot more as well. You're like, I don't know if that's great, and that's why you end up with so many open threes. And every time a switch came, they didn't go to eight on the inside on offense. And you're like, what is happening in this game? And so when they sort of got up and stayed up, it wasn't a giant surprise by the Mavs because it felt like they were in control of this game from, yeah, like halfway through the the first quarter. Because, I mean, they dropped, what, 37, I think, in the first quarter? And they just rolled from there. Like, they just sort of played them to a standstill, and there was nothing the Suns could do to get back into it. Um, My favorite part, though, was like Frankie Smokes. Even Frankie Nidalekeena is out there hitting threes in the third quarter. It was incredible. Um, But... That was kind of it. It was very much like Dallas is keeping Phoenix at arm's length and the Phoenix offense with Chris Paul in foul trouble, picking up his fourth foul before the end of the first half was just a fucking disaster zone for the uh, Suns because I feel like Booker was playing pretty well, but he is coming back from an injury and he played an incredible game. Don't get me wrong, but he's not in the absolute tip-top ass-kickery shape that he was in probably, you know, in March. And can't just completely carry the team. So, I think after Chris Paul goes out, there were some dubious calls. It's like, leave it right there, right? Some pretty shitty weird calls on Chris Paul. Some fucky, like, that wasn't even, like, contact. What are we doing here? I don't know if it was the refs just going, well, you know who we really fucking hate? Chris Paul. Adam Silver going, you know who's going to make us money if he makes it to the next round? Ah, Luka Doncic. That's right. But still, look. The D that Dallas were playing out there was, like, really, really, really good. Um, And it's like they finally realized, oh, yeah, cool, last two games, we've just got big wing dudes everywhere that we can throw at Chris Paul, we can throw at Booker, and we can try to limit, like, the other opportunities the other dudes get. And if Crowder kills us, whatever. But, I mean, this was a crazy game, right? Like, Bridges couldn't do anything, Chris Paul couldn't do anything. And... The thing that got me was in the fourth quarter, the Suns took zero free throws. Zero! I mean, that just shows you that, like, the attack on the paint, uh, the way that the Suns were running their offense wasn't getting them easy enough looks inside to sort of really put the pressure on the D, and it also gave them zero chance to stop the clock, get points on the board, and really fight their way back into it because every time they sort of missed a shot, and they did. Look, this is it, right? So after CP3 goes out, like there's, it's 83-89 with like seven minutes left. And this is the Suns. Any lead you've got, it's not going to feel safe, even with Chris Paul fall, uh, fouling out. But Luca drives. Beautiful bucket. Kleber gets a wicked block on the other end. Finney-Smith and Bullock with the uh, nice little uh, hot potato on the perimeter. Ends up with another Dorian-Finney-Smith three. And then the heat check three, which is the absolute fucking dagger. The fourteen-point lead was six uh, six or so minutes to go, right? And you're like, god damn, that was good. The thing is, I mean, it's kind of neat. Like Brunson has a floater in the paint, but Aiton Booker they get it back to eight with four minutes to go. Bullock hits another three, and it's just a huge settler because Brunson hits a uh, the twentieth three of the game for the Mavs, and you're like, oh yeah, that'll be uh, that'll do. Then Luca has that nice little up and under. Kleber has the exclamation point oop and bang. The Mavs have tied the series up. But the key to this game was very clearly Dorian Finney Smith just barely missing from three. He hit 8 of 12 from downtown. The Mavs went 20 of 44 from downtown. Luca went one of ten. One of ten. So the rest of the Mavs literally went 19 of 34 from downtown. That is just unbelievable. Uh, But the other sort of side of this was that the Suns, this is uh, the first time since Christmas they've had three straight games and more than 15 turnovers, right? So that speaks to just what the Mavs are doing and the pressure they're putting on the ball handlers of the Suns and just the fucking focus. And I think that was what struck me the most on defense for the Mavs. The situational awareness is so much better than games one and two, right? Like much more keyed in and maybe this is like a home thing, but... The zero free throws in the fourth quarter for the Suns. The defense, the turnovers, and the Mavs throws. That's the key to this game. The Suns, meanwhile, only went 9-25 from deep. Booker had 35. He was really good. Feels like he could have gone harder, though. And you feel like if he was at full strength, full health, maybe he would have. Uh, Seven assists, five turnovers. The thing that gets me is DeAndre Ayton. The bloke's like a foot taller than fucking everybody else out there right now. And he had 14-11. It's like, I think we could go to DeAndre Ayton a little bit more, but it just doesn't feel like that's a big part of their offense. And at some point you've got to go, well, maybe we should make it. <laughs> right. Like, he's being guarded by Kleber. Like, what are we doing? Davis Bertans is out there. I feel like we should be able to put him in a switch and hurt that. Crowder got 15. The Cams, though, a bit of a disappointment. Johnson had 11 points. Payne goes 1-5 of five in 16 minutes. Uh, two points, five assists. Uh, McGee was actually surprisingly good I love that there was a moment where McGee sort of drove I think he had a foul and then he just put you know the next couple of shots that he took were short rolls and he found a corner three and you're like Javon McGee might be good that's weird Uh, but the no show from CP3 and Bridges on offense was brutal like Chris Paul has five points in 23 minutes two of four from downtown seven assists two turnovers fouls out it was fucky it was weird I'll tell you what, not a great idea to do it in game four of a series, you know? Either way, Bridges goes 3 and 9, 0 oh, 2 from downtown as well. Just pretty limited impact on offense. The Mavs meanwhile, 20 44 from three. So, as I've said, I'm no math magician, but 20 is more than nine. And if you go more than double the opposition's amount of made threes, you're going to win that game a lot of the time. So, Luca, 26, 7 and 11 with three steals. Didn't really shoot it great. 1-10 from downtown, 9-25 overall, but those the stretches, I feel like he hit the biggest buckets that he needed to hit, which is kind of weird to say. Like That weird little up and under, as I mentioned, the fourth quarter, there was that really tough drive that he had before that. Um, and the same thing happened with Brunson, right? He worked his way into it. He had 18-4-4 four four to Jalen Brunson, 1-3 from downtown. He only shot 7-17 seven overall, but that paint drive and the three that he hit in the fourth were fucking magnificent. And they were just like the absolute exclamation points. He had seven points that last quarter. Played his ass off. Uh, but the key to this game was obviously Dorian Finney-Smith. I love Dorian Finney-Smith. Had him on the, uh, you know, the championship fantasy uh, team this year. Love me some Dorian Finney-Smith. Just does a little bit of everything. He's sneaky good. 8 to 12 from downtown. 24 points, 8 rebounds and an assist. It was unreal. Even Davis Batan's got a 4 or 6 from 3. Looking at my Moses Schroot. Uh, 11-7 for Kleber. He was very handy. Was Mark Schick, Kleber. 10-4-4 for Spencer Dinwiddie. Uh, he shot 3-10, but he did go 2-4 on threes. And the role for Spencer, uh, in these last couple of games, in fact, in this series, has been a bit of a head scratcher. Just really, really struggling to get into it. And you feel like one of these games he's going to have like 17 and it'll be. Uh, a big 17. Reggie Sniper alert Bullock. He only had seven points, but uh, I feel like he was really, really big in this game, especially against Chris Ball. And Frankie Smokes. He had one on one from three in his nine minutes. You'd love to see it. Good on you, Frankie. Either way, this is uh, a tied series now. 2-2. You've got a best of three series and Luca's on the other side. You've got Chris Ball struggling in foul trouble in all these games, turning the ball over a million times. The Suns. The pressure's on now. they are going to go home and win this one. It's gone from Suns in four very quickly to, uh holy shit, Suns in seven. Can we pull it off? Who knows? But either way, going back to Arizona, 2-2. The Suns really just need to knuckle down and go, right, defense, let's figure this the fuck out. We're going to show harder on Brunson, show harder on Luka. The drop coverage is a bit of a head-scratcher because he just sort of kept passing and finding the right dude time and time again. The dude had 11 assists. I think five of them were to Finney-Smith as well. And he's just like, I'm going to keep feeding you, motherfucker. And boom, he did. Anyway, great win for the Mavs. And uh, really happy I picked them as well because it did feel like they'd figured out something on offense in game three. And they just rolled with it again. And in this one as well, they really just smashed their three. So good job by them. Right. How about Miami-Philly, though, game four? The Sixers. The one, two, three, four, five, Sixes. Sixers. Beat the Heat 116-108. What a weird game this was. Super tight, back and forth early. And beat had fifteen in the first quarter. The Heat got up four though early in the second. You're like, oh shit, here we go. Then they never let again. Because Philly got up and stayed up, and it was because James Harden just went from James Soften to James Harden and he hardened up. Uh but the thing was, it felt like there was a turning point, I reckon, in the second quarter when Harden hits uh, Tobias Harris under the bucket and then he has a coast-to-coast, like the possession right after, after I think it was like a hero miss three. Um, oh, no, it was off a drive. He gets the uh, rebound and just takes it coast-to-coast and gets a really sort of uh, hard layup to go. There's no foul call. It probably should have been. And it's a seven-point game there for Philly and you're like, holy shit, cool. But that was like, it felt like a spark just felt like a little bit of a spark for Arden. He had 13 points in the second quarter, and they needed it, because uh Embiid, for having 15 points in the first quarter, he had zero in the second. Danny Green hit a couple of threes, and the Sixers are up eight at the half, and you're like, oh, shit. Well, it feels like they could have eked out that lead even a little bit more. Uh, but the Heat sort of, you know, kept tabs on it, and then the Heat weirdly just, they couldn't buy a three in the first half, and they really couldn't buy a three in the second half. And... It was really strange to watch this happen again because they've just hit zero threes across these two games in Philly, and it just kept going, right? Like, Butts had 17 in the third quarter for the Heat. No one else did shit. He was the only Heater to hit a three in that quarter, and it's Jimmy Butler. They went one of ten. That's incredible. They had so many good looks just not go in. Uh... It was crazy. Like, Hero had, like, two shots just that rimmed in and out. You're like, how did that not go the fuck down? But the thing is, their defense cranked up a little bit as well and really slowed down Philly in that third. Um, like, there was a four-minute stretch or so where the Sixers just didn't hit a shot, and you're like, oh, shit. Here come the Heat, four-point game, going to the fourth, and then Harden just went, oh, yeah. Nah, fuck it. 16 points in the fourth quarter. He just hits massive shot after massive shot. Um, got them up big early and then the Heat fought back into it and then Harden gave him the daggers like it was amazing like an 8 point game with a bit you know over a minute left Harden just goes All right step back skadoosh nails it game over pack her up boys we're going home <laughs> to Miami like Maxie had a great find earlier in the quarter as well finding Cutting Harris for and Oop and the Heat look flip side for them they just couldn't buy a 3 they went 2 or 7 in the 4th quarter and you're like, well, I guess going three or 17 from downtown in the second half is not ideal. But it felt like, again, they've just gone out and wasted two amazing Jimmy Butler games because he had 40 in this one. 40! 40 points, six assists, two steals, two blocks, 13 to 20 shooting. And looked completely fucking gassed by the end of it because he was carrying this team. Like, Bam got into foul trouble right at the start of the third quarter. Otherwise, it was playing really well. 21-7-4 had really sort of shaken off the cobwebs offensively and was going at Embiid. And there's a couple of moments where you're like, yeah, this is what you should be doing. You've got to be physical. Like, Embiid can barely see straight. He's wearing a fucking mask. He's got a broken orbital bone. You're going to go at the dude. And when Markeith Morris tried to do it, he got absolutely sent packing. But either way, Lowry looks cooked. He had six points, three of ten shooting. Uh, obviously still struggling with his hammy. 7 assists, 4 turnovers, Oh, of 6 from 3 for Big Booty Kyle Larry And I tell you, it's like what I said yesterday. Like They're just a better team without him out there at the moment. Uh, Bam, as mentioned, the 21, 7, and 4. But the 6s really limited the space that Hero could work in. He had 11 points on 12 shots. He was brutal. Uh, he had 10 rebounds, but only 1 assist and 3 turnovers. Usually, if... Here I can get his shot working a little bit. It opens it up just that little bit more for everybody else. The assist numbers go up, and away you go. Victor Oladipo, I don't know what was going on with him in this game as well. It looked like he was playing for a contract, not a team. Right? He shot three and nine, one of five from three. If there's a bloke who just takes a fucking horrible circuit breaker three in the NBA, worse than Victor Oladipo, it might be. I want to say Grayson Allen. I'm going to shoot this straight, I don't care what happens Uh, But Oladipo is pretty bad at it It's like, oh well, we need to just really eke out this possession Oh, he's fucking shot it Every time It was weird, like, he still got to like 15 points Because he got to the line, he shot 8 of 10, but still Uh, The big tough ones were Struis and Vincent though Like, Struis goes 2 of 5 from 3 Vincent goes 0 of 4 PJ Tucker 1 of 4 And they end up 7 of 35 from downtown the Heat and, I mean, this is one of the keys going to this series that I talked about. It's like, how does the Mosquito fleet actually perform against the Sixers, who do have, like, you know, the perimeter options in Maxi Harden, Danny Green and co to sort of at least make them work. That's what's happening. So, the Sixers, meanwhile, 16 to 33 from downtown. What did I just say? If you can score more, if you hit more than double the amount of threes in the other team, you, you might be on a good track, man. They shot 48%. That's pretty good. Harden at 31, 9, and 70. It was great. mates. it makes such a big difference when his shooting is on. He goes 6 of 10 from downtown. And it's one of those things where you look at this and it makes you think about where his career is going because he's obviously an amazing shooter. For a long time, he's been a volume shooter, which sort of pushes down the, uh, the efficiency. Like... Similar to Steph, right? Like, you know that they're amazing. They're going to take a lot of shots. They're going to hit a lot of them as well. And then you wonder if, like, you well, know, if we limited the actual uh, usage and the shots, does the effectiveness go up? Maybe. Maybe that's what he does in the future. But, God damn, going 6-10 to 10 today, pretty bloody handy. The problem was he goes 8 of 18 overall. So, just saying, 2 of 8 from the actual, uh, <laughs> from not 3s. But he did have a couple of nice little moments. He's like, hey, he's looking spry, looking good. Talk about this again and quickly in yeah, naz. Embiid 24 and eleven with four turnovers. He's a fucking warrior. Dude's got a busted face. He's out there crashing, going hard, going hitting the ground, bams running into him. It was incredible. 18 3 and 4 for Maxi. Danny Green hit three threes. He had eleven points. 13 for Tobias Harris. He was very handy, actually. Uh and so was the minivan. George Niang went two of five from three, had ten points. Maddie Maddie That's right. Aussie Maddie T, Matisse Tybal hit a three. And it's like a bellwether for the Sixers. If Matty T hits a three, they're probably going to win that game. And, uh, dude, hashtag spoiler alert. And uh, what else? But it was wild how they controlled the game, right? Like Harden doing all this damage in the second and fourth quarters. It meant that the lulls that the Sixers go through didn't hurt them too bad. And this is why you get Harden rather than Simmons. For whatever Simmons will give you on defense, uh, Harden can go, right, Embiid is in struggle town. He's got a busted open face. Uh... How about I hit some threes? How about I uh, just magic up some sweet assists? And that's what he did. That's pretty good. So, like, I don't know what's going on with Miami's defense at the moment. Like, they're throwing zones out there. And you do have to ask, if they're throwing zones out there anyway, why not throw Duncan Robinson out there just to see if you can goose the three-point shooting numbers a little bit? Either way, we're going back to Florida. Series is 2-2. Good times. I love a good two-two series. So let's do an NBA Australia approved performance of the night before we do the uh, we'll do the awards and then we'll do weekend winners and losers quickly. <laughs> That's not a knife. That's a knife. I think it's got to be James Harden. Like, what a fucking game! Stepped it up. As mentioned, the second and fourth quarters, he just goes, "All right, fuck it, I'll do all this." Thirty-one points, seven rebounds, nine assists, six of ten from three. The 16 points in the fourth quarter just to kick them over the line was fucking awesome. Like, who knew? All he needed to do was get away from the Miami clubs and Floridian strippers. <laughs> and bang, he looks good again. That is not a dink, Jesus. Uh, but Harden was awesome. And it wasn't quite just the top flight James Harden we've come to expect. But the 31-9-7... and 7, The way he sort of got there, you're like, all right, this might be a bit of a glimpse into his future where if you can sort of pull this out every couple of games, uh, maybe, maybe the six is going to be all right. But, jeez. Up until these uh, points, we were right to be questioning him. But now, he's sitting there going, all right, we'll fucking hit some threes. Shit. Makes it a little bit better. Either way, great game by Harden. And save their bacon 100% right there. So, love it. And Dorian Finney-Smith, what a game. What a game. What a shooting performance. 8 12 Unreal, second most in a Mavs playoff game ever, Find, uh Jet Terry. You love that, twenty-four points, all on threes, eight of twelve from downtown. What a legend! I love him. Who was Spud of the night, though? Spud, 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 Spud of the night. Spud of the night. It's got to be Chris Paul. Um, twenty-three points, two of four shooting. Five points, five rebounds, seven assists. You're like, that's not bad for 23 minutes. The fouling out, though, with nine minutes to go, it's almost like it's not his fault because some of those fouls were so fucking egregiously shit that you're like, really, refs? All right, how much money did your pool, your mates' pool, have on uh, the Mavericks to win? (laughs) Because shit. I also get that, like Chris Paul does a lot of uh, campaigning with the refs. And sometimes it's going to bite you in the ass. I feel like the weirdest part is that it's not bitten him on the ass more often. Like the fact that he's barely fouled out of games is pretty nuts. But this is a big spot. And a foul out after uh, three quarters in foul trouble, 5-5-7 five, five, and seven in 23 minutes in a must-win game. Like, jeez, that is rough. Rough as guts. So Chris Paul, spot of the night. Old Mate, No Old Mate, No Mates. 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 Mate, I mean, who's got no today? It's very clearly Chris Paul. Like, the rest fucking hate that guy. <laughs> <laughs> but still, Old Mate, No Mates has very clearly got to be Duncan Robinson. Like, the man's getting paid 80 million bucks to do one thing and one thing only, and that is shoot threes. And the Heat are like, oh, jeez it'd be really nice if we had someone out of our roster who could shoot threes. And Duncan Robinson's like sitting there going, hello. Like, I mean, I think I asked this on Twitter. Like, what do you think Duncan Robinson did to Spo? And it was a poll. And I think the, uh if we have a look at the results, like the options were hit on Spo's wife, called one of his kids ugly, kicked his dog, or took a dump on his lawn. And uh, the majority of people so far appear to believe that Duncan Robinson has hit on Spo's wife, and it wouldn't surprise me because Jesus Christ! Like I know that the matchups with Harden, Maxi, Danny Green are a little bit wonky for Duncan Robinson, but at the same time, if you're playing fucking like that much zone defense anyway, like why wouldn't you just be like, ah, fuck it, let's throw. I'd like to have a beer with Duncan out there. Maybe he hit a three. Like this dude shot eight of nine. Like two and a half weeks ago against Atlanta. Like it's chaos. Absolute chaos that he's not out there. I don't know, like, I love Gabe Vincent. I think Max Struess. they really, really sort of give the Heat uh, a lot more options on defense. And especially, you know, with Maxi Harden, and Co. being so threatening. Uh, the point of attack, off the dribble, Vincent and Struess will give you more options there. But Jesus, if you're going to play zone and <laughs> protect Bam a little bit, why not just have Duncan's out there sort of covering somebody on the wing? God damn, it's crazy. But yeah, Duncan Robinson definitely got no mates there in the uh, heat organisation at the moment. But I think he'll be okay, because he's uh, counting his money. Pantsing of the night. Fatty, <laughs> fat, 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 fat. fatty, fat, 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 fatty, fatty, fat, fat. Fatty, fatty, fat, fat, Markeith Morris. I enjoyed this. Uh, I think everybody enjoyed this. Joel Embiid going... Who's this idiot coming into the paint trying to throw that up there? Get the fuck out of here. Slapped the shit out of way. It's almost like he's like, you know how uh, Joker fucking gave you whiplash by just fucking trucking you from behind? I might give you whiplash with just how fucking savage this block is. Joel Embiid is like, Markeith Morris can fuck off. Bang! That's a pantsing. But probably my favorite was uh, there was a couple of instances of Chris Paul versus Luca. Luca flopping on a couple of Chris Paul fouls. And Chris Paul going, going come on, man. And Luca's like, ha ha. Yes, I learned from you, yes? Because you're the little man who does the flopping. Ha ha. Me, Luca. Very good. <laughs> Enjoyed that. And then the flip side in the uh, Heat and uh, Sixers game was Big Booty Carl Lowry. There was one fantastic moment where he sort of just. Squared up to Harden and went fucking flying backwards. Like, just threw himself backwards. The refs are like, Kyle, what the fuck are you doing? Even Harden, as an egregious fucking flopper as he is, is just like, dude, what the fuck? Now I'm wide open. Casually, as you like, nails the three. And you're like, hang on a second. Is Kyle Lowry and his egregious flopping the only thing that might make James Harden likeable? Holy shit. What a revelation. Absolute chaos. So there you go. That's a bit of a panting. Lowry just on defense. Just fucking cooked. Pants time and time again. Better than Lonzo Ball. <laughs> Lonzo was the best player in high school. He was the best player in college. You think he'll get to the pros and be like, I made it to the pros. Now I can be average. He's coming for everybody. Coming for everybody. it going to be Dorian Finney-Smith. I mean, undrafted rookie. Just goes out there. Catch and shoot threes. All of them. 24 points. 8 rebounds. 1 assist. 1 steal. 8 of 13 shooting from the floor, 8 of 12 from downtown. What an absolute legend. I love him. And I love that the Mavs have got him signed up to a pretty decent contract. I think the extension was back in February. And uh, he's looking good, right? Like, he, the way he actually sort of plays defense and works his way into games, I think it might have been game one or two where his. Uh, He was in foul trouble, right? And it really just completely discombobulated the dude. And you're like, oh, this is a bit of a rough one for Dorian. But I love how quickly he bounces back and how much he's just like, I don't care. It was game two in Phoenix where he uh, really struggled. He had like the two points or whatever. And he was in foul trouble. Then he turns around and goes 8-12 from downtown. And he was really good the game before. I think I mentioned this in yesterday's show as well, right? Like, he shot 5 of 15 in Game 3, but he went 4 of 11 from downtown. It's like, yeah, it's what we need you to do. And his defensive effort is absolutely fucking stellar. Uh, but the four-year well, 52 mil extension that he got is awesome. So great job by uh, Dorian Finney-Smith, undrafted rookie. You love to see it. You love, love, love to see it. Uh, and finally, Dickhead of the Weekend. Dickhead of the Weekend. I don't know. The Mavs fan being a dickhead to, like, CP3's mum and wife and scaring their kids. I don't know about you, but just, like, firm and solid rule, don't push women and scare kids, you fucking dickhead. That seems pretty straightforward. Everyone's like, oh, even on Mother's Day, how about just not any day? Like, Mother's Day aside, don't be a fuckhead. What are you doing, mate? That is fucked And look, I don't know if it's the kid who got escorted out by his mum If he's had like a couple of sneaky pops underneath the thing well, I don't know, what the fuck's going on But Jesus If someone's shoving Chris Paul's mum and wife And his kids are there You to take a fucking big long hard look at yourself I'm gonna get to this in a second again in Weekend Winners and Losers Which we're gonna do right after this This is Matthew Delvedover and you're listening to NBA Australia I won. I won. Recapping our day's top story, the winner of today's state lottery is me, me, Ken Brockman. Uh, Can we get a shot of me? All right, let's do a uh, quick hitter of weekend winners and losers for your Monday. Weekend winners number one, home court advantage. Isn't it nice? I love it. Two teams that were down 2-0 in their respective series, have now gone home, won both of those games to tie it up. We've got 2-2-2 two, two, two series. I love it. And I mentioned this earlier, but, like, they're home shooting. So Danny Green in Miami went 2 of 14. Tyler Hero went 7 of 11. In Philly, Danny Green's gone 10 of 13, and Tyler Hero shot 3 of 12. Yeah. Home court advantage is back. <laughs> I love it. But it's also, like, uh it's a bit of a testament to I feel like it might be like a legit vibe where the home fan bases, especially by the time you get to the second round of the playoffs and um, you've got two years of a pandemic under your belt, we've got bubble playoffs, we've got a short and weird fucky season after that where masks and you've got weird sort of attendance rules are still impacting the games. This year, it's just all fucking better off, off. <laughs> like, everybody's there trying to fight Chris Paul's mum, all this sort of shit. I don't know. It's like the opposite of the craziness of, like, when the fans kept storming the courts, remember that? Like, that lunatic in Washington, etc. But this is just, it seems like uh, teams are like, right, cool. Well, we're back at home. We're feeling good about things again. And they're winning them. And it's pretty cool. I'm enjoying it. Because, like, the Sixers getting Joel Embiid back, and actually, fucking winning both those games is pretty nuts because it did very much feel like after those first two games in Miami, it's like, oh, sweep the eye. And then, same thing with the Mavs. Like, they just look completely busted open by the Suns in games one and two. They go back to Dallas. Skadooge Looking good again. It's fucking awesome. And the old adage of, oh, the series hasn't started until was lost at home. A is dumb because the series has started. But the series is uh, not in doubt, really, until someone loses at home, you know? So, that's awesome. Loving that home court's back. Uh, Joel Embiid is a weekend winner in my eyes. What a fucking weekend for Joel Embiid. What a tough motherfucker. Like, holy shit, how tough is this dude? Got a busted open head. Needs surgery on his thumb. He's out there just carrying that team. But I think I talked about this on yesterday's show. Just the geometry that he changes on defense and offense for that Sixers team is fucking massive. It allows dudes like Maxi and Harden to go, all right, cool, threes, off we go. It relegates Tobias Harris back to the support role that he's <laughs> so perfectly suited for. And away we go. James Harden, also a weekend winner, because I think he just got himself paid till he's 37. Because everybody can now look at this and go, oh, well, look, oh, remember what he did in game four against Miami? Maybe he can do that again all the time. Maybe he's still good. So, good job, James Harden. He's not James Soften at the moment. Ah, uh, Luke Doncic. So, I think we can firmly now say that Luka is not just a finally won a playoff series guy, but then got pantsed by the Suns. He's now a won a series and is pushing contenders in, in the second round kind of guy, which is huge. Like, it's one of those fundamental like NBA superstar steps you have to take, right? It's like, my team can actually push a contender... Right to the brink. And, like, getting swept, losing in five in the first round, second round, whatever, not a great look. But Luca is now just like, fuck yeah, second round, we're going right to the end. Let's go. So he's a winner. Drew Holiday. There's a weekend winner going, oh, nah, cool. Nah, cool, 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 cool. So give Mark a smart defensive player of the year. And watch me shut him all the fuck down, the entire Celtics. I'm going to fuck him up. It's like, ah, Drew Holiday's back. I love this. Seen a lot of fire on his ass each year. The Bucks are also your weekend winners to pull out game three and stymie Tatum so effectively is incredible. Because you look at this Bucks team without Chris Middleton, you're like, ah oh, man, they probably are good enough to keep pushing this Celtics team and keep pushing and keep pushing and keep pushing. And they're up two one. The next game's on their home court. They've got an incredible chance to go up three one if they can pull it out. And you know that Giannis is going to show up. He always does in big moments. It's going to be massive. The only big problem is they're going to be sitting there going, all right, if Giannis uh, steps up, is Giroud going to as well? All right, the rest of our shooters, whatever. But if they come in at four games up 3-1, massive, to be fair, without Middleton, to have it at 2-2, you'd be feeling pretty good too. So they're weekend winners. And us are weekend winners because this second round is absolutely fucking awesome. I mean, to have all four of them before today being at 2-1, as I said yesterday, is unreal. Now we've got two of them at 2-2. That's awesome. And tomorrow, who knows what could happen? Probably not be 2-2, but we'll talk about that later. Um, And also, even if uh, we've got a weekend loser in a second in this uh, Jordan Poole, Jar Morant stuff, we're also weekend winners because the Jar Morant, Jordan Poole stuff just makes that series completely fucking insane. You've already got Draymond throwing dudes to the ground. You've already got dudes getting kicked in the bollocks and Crowder and stuff in the other series. I love how heated these series are getting. And then suddenly you've got the he said, she said of the Jordan Poole jam route. He caused an injury. It's like, that's not against the code. So on and so forth. Bring on game four. It's going to be fucking sick. Anyway, weekend losers. We're not losers. No, you two are winners. Big winners. When I grow up, I want to marry a big winner like you guys. Shut up. Loser. 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 Losers. Loser. We can lose the refs. Jesus Christ. Had a couple of sketchy ones, haven't we? Celtics, Bucks, and then we've got uh, today's sons, Chris Paul, just... Phantom fouls everywhere. I also think we are weekend losers for that shit because, God damn, there is nothing more draining than ref talk. I could give less of a fuck about ref talk. Because for the most part, like, you kind of feel like, eh, it all evens out in the end. Uh, Weekend losers, though, on top of that, Celtics. That whinging about the refs when you shoot double the amount of free throws, like, just rankles me. Like, just fucking get on with it. You shot double the amount of free throws than they did. They didn't shoot a fucking free throw the last, what, 16 minutes of the game? And you're like, oh, the refs are against us. Like, what are you fucking on about? Like, and I feel like the Celtics shouldn't, you know, just nut up and just go, right, fuck it, who cares? But, Jesus, a lot of whinging. Uh, Jar versus Pool, Yeah, that's a weekend loser thing because it's just a crappy sort of situation where it's like, Jar Morant tweeting about, ah, oh, he broke the code <laughs> kind of vibe. Ugh. I love the petty. I love the petty. But also, you then have to listen to fucking people say, oh, shitty of beats suspended. What are we doing? Oh, And Weekend loses the Sun's air of invincibility. It was already gone after the Pelican series. It is uh, well by the wayside now. It really is. Because their sort of inability to go, right, how are we going to curtail this? I oh, don't know, fuck it. We'll just go back to uh, Phoenix and see how we go there. <laughs> it was a bit worrying. <laughs> and then final one. I just wanted to say a little bit of peace on the NBL Australia side. Hashtag MBL Australia. With all my love to Tazzy. All my love to Tazzy. People fucking losing their minds over DJ... And his carry on after hitting the game ceiling shot like If you're out there losing your shit about it, I think there's a moment where you might need to take a step back and go, actually if that was the guy was on my team, that would have been fucking sick. <laughs> what is he meant to do? The dude hit a fucking huge three where he must have I'm the furthest fucking thing from a Sydney Kings fan. But holy shit like the way that he hit that three was absolutely incredible. It's a massive moment. Steps up, nails the three, he's on the road to put them up two zip in a grand final series. That's a huge fucking shot. If your team did it and he like turned around, it's like, yeah, motherfucker. If he did that, if Josh Adams did that in Sydney, I guarantee Jack Chubb's fans will be like, yeah, fucking get him, Josh Adams. And they'd be right to do so, because sport is emotional. Sport is awesome. Sport is fun. And giving fucking the old, hey, look at that, Angela, that one, to the opposition fans is 100% a part of that. And some Tassie fans are fucking acting like he spat on their sisters. And then, like, he came out today, he's like, yeah, I got some death threats. Like, what the fuck is on with that? You lunatics. You absolute fucking donkey. Who sends... Any sort of fucking sports person, a death threat. You've got to be the fucking absolute lowest of the low. And they're also, I oh, don't look, having a sook about the Chase Buford kicking a sign thing should have had a tech, should have been thrown out. Sure, <laughs> it's all a bit fucky. Look, all I think about this is that uh, it's all part of the journey. Sport, it's all part of the journey. The jack jumpers feeling bad about like Buford having a crack, having a sook and then sort of going, ah, silver spoon, chase Buford. He's only got the gig because his dad's an NBA executive. It's like, all right, fine, go, go off, go off, Tazzy, go off. Uh, but to sort of just use it as proof that everybody's against you. It's like, all right, cool. There's such a thing as like taking it with a bit of fucking class, <laughs> but I fucking love the Jack Jumpers. I can't believe how good this team is and how much fun they are, and how much Tassie's rally behind them is absolutely fucking astounding. Also, though, you know passions run high, including the fans, including the coaches, including the players, and we just got to fucking chill out sometimes. Take a step back, you know. i'm just saying i think i tweeted out some people showing their asses a little bit it's like yeah it's like all right but jesus christ the death threats for dj settle the fuck down all right do some quick nrs right after this one this is cam glidden this is anthony drimmick this is miss mccarran this is jason kiddie this is daryl mcdonald hey guys this is hugh greenwood yo what's going on this is Ellie. this is mark worthington or commonly known as Wurtho, and, you and you're listening to NBA Australia. You're listening to NBA Australia. And 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 you're listening to NBA Australia. You're listening to NBA Australia. You're listening to NBA Australia. All right, let's do some Brought to you by the NBA Australia shop. Go get your merch. Get your merch. People, get, get, get your merch. Get your merch. Wear it. Get your merch. Get your merch. Get your merch, get your merch. Yeah, do it. Go get a hoodie. Get a t-shirt, whatever. Rep your uh, favorite daily NBA show from Australia. (laughs) NBA Australia. With a sick logo, hoodie. You can get the rose gold t-shirt still. uh, There's not actually that many of those left, so go check it out. NBAAustralia.com slash shop, or just click on the uh, links in the socials. Right, some yeah, nahs. Number one, Mike Brown. For Sacramento, yeah, nah. I mean, Yeah. But also, look, I think there's a great uh, aspect of the NBA where you can be an assistant coach and rebuild your value as a coach. And uh, everybody in Golden State very clearly fucking loves Mike Brown. I also think that, you know, your reputation as a coach before that still matters a little bit. And like two different stints in Cleveland, a stint in LA and Sacramento are just like, yeah, no, this seems like our guy. It's like, okay. But I think that all said, Jason Kidd, uh, other folks who have been the retreads look, you know, it's okay. Coaches can learn, coaches can grow, coaches can get better. Maybe Mike Brown, with all those years in Golden State, has gotten better. And the weirdest part is Sacramento love A, a retread, and B, a Golden State assistant. Mike Malone, Luke Walden, Alvin Gentry, Mike Brown. <laughs> just fucking rattle them off. <laughs> Good job, Sacramento. Oh, great. Anyway, um, doesn't move the needle that much for the Kings. Yeah, nah. Nah, I feel like if he can like instill a bit of a defensive identity on them, maybe that sort of helps. But with the Suvlaki King and De'Aaron Fox, I mean, it just seems like a uh, strange-fitting roster regardless And you're going to saddle four years of Mike Brown on it. I think the over-under... What's what's the over-under and how many years he actually stays there? Two and a half, max? Before Vivek Renadeve just goes, right, I'm sick of this, fuck off. Two and a half, max, right? Uh, Should Jordan Poole have been suspended for game four? Yeah, nah. Nah, i sort of hit on this at the top. I'd think the calls for him to be suspended is a bit fucky. Like, he's sort of grabbing his leg, pushing. It's like, all right. It's a bit shitty. I don't know if it's suspension-worthy. Uh, is home court back? As I mentioned earlier, yeah, nah, it kind of feels like it, right? It feels like those crowds are absolutely fucking on top of shit and really into it. And I think you think back to like the finals last year where the Suns crowds were absolutely apeshit, and like the Bucks are like the Deer District and all that sort of shit. Like that was uh, like a really great precursor. But some of those earlier series were a little bit dour. Now, so we've got, what, another game four in Milwaukee and Golden State tomorrow. And the weird part is, in those series, the home teams are both up 2-1. So, because they managed to uh, steal one on the other team's home court. So, we'll find out, I guess. Exciting times. What about uh, unpopular opinion of the day? Now, look at me, please. Look at me. 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 Uh, Seriously, I don't know if it's unpopular, but Duncan Robinson... Seriously, at this point, it's getting a bit weird, isn't it? Just play the man. Like Spo's is like, ooh, we need shooting. Duncan's like, I'm going to put my hand up. And Spo's like, Vic, get in there. And seriously, he's played 41 minutes since he went 8 of 9 <laughs> from downtown <laughs> two and a half weeks ago. He's played 55 seconds this entire series. Oh, we don't know how to. We can't hit any threes, man. And like Duncan Roberts like, I'm a 40% career three-point shooter. I know Luke, and I've been one of the first to uh, denigrate Duncan. I'd like to have a beer with Duncan Robinson's uh, inconsistency this year. But he's also the sort of dude that once he gets on a roll, it's just like he'll just stay hot for three weeks. Um, and for Spo to just sort of see that against Atlanta and just go, no, nah, that's enough of that. <laughs> it's fucking weird. I don't know. I'd play him. Anyway, uh, finally, a bit of Outback Takeout. Welcome back to Outback Takehouse's big reopening sale. That's right, we've gone out, we've done a bit of bush bashing, we've come home with a trailer load of roos. So guess what's on the big special board today at Outback? That's right, steaks, Cheap as shit too. Fucking gamey. Love it. Get right around it. Only at Outback. And today's Flame Grill take is... The Sacramento Kings... Clearly, just interviewed Mark Jackson to soften the blow to their fans of hiring Mike Brown. <laughs> what do they call that? A stalking horse, right? That's amazing. Oh, look at Mark Jackson over here. Look at him. Look at him. Look at him. We're hiring Mike Brown. Everyone's like, oh, God, at least it wasn't Mark Jackson. <laughs> oh, God. All right, Australian Player play watch really quickly right after this. This is Shane Hill. And you're listening to NBA Australia. All right, really quick Australian player watch. Matty T got out there and uh, played a pretty good game today. Very clearly his best game in the series. Uh, Five points, two or three shooting, one or two from downtown, one rebound, one assist. And uh, look, every time he gives them just a little bit of something on offense and hits a three, like the other three that he missed, you're like, oh, God, can you just... And it'd be nice to see you hit that one as well, Maddie, <laughs> I'm just saying. But um, it was much better than his, uh, you know, games one and two. And it just feels like he's at least getting into a little bit of a groove now where, especially with him being back, Maddie just sort of feeds off that defensive sort of intensity and it really suits his game a lot more rather than sort of uh, a lot more of the funneling and making shit hard for the opposition rather than go, I'm a one-on-one stopper. You're going to fuck off. So, good on him. And uh, Greening today got one minute of uh, garbage time. It did Josh Green for the Mavs. Good to see him running around there at the end, though. Just taking off for the team. And uh, I don't want to see any correlation between the fact that the two games that he only played one minute in, the uh, Mavs won both. I still think he would have hit the three that uh, Frankie Smokes hit today. So, anyway. Uh, Andrew Gay's Grey Mamba Award. It's the first, and the- Andrew Gay's Grey Mamba Alright, right, easy one today, Jimmy Butler. um, Didn't give him too much shine earlier because Harden stepped up and won that game. But Butler was literally the only bloke doing anything, it felt like, for the Heat in that game. 40 points, 6 assists, 65% from the floor, 42 minutes he plays. That dude played his goddamn ass off. He always does. And it's kind of one of those moments where you're like, I love that he's showing out for the Philly crowd. And showing them like a glimpse of what their future could have been. Uh, But instead, they decided to roll the dice with Tobias Harris and sort of go, oh, well, we need to also pay Ben Simmons, so we might, oh, we'll let Jimmy go. Yeah, you're done fucked up. It's also one of those things in the back of my mind where I'm like, Jimmy Butler, Ben Simmons talking about, you know, uh, mental mental health problems, etc. Jimmy Butler would have either exacerbated it or made him tougher and fuck. I'm just saying. Uh, but 13 and 20 shooting. 2 of 6 from downtown. 40 points. 12 of 13 in the line. That is some Andrew Gay's Graham Mamba Award for outstanding achievement in the field of excellence. Right there. Luke Longley... Oh, wait, no. The Paddy Mills Game Day Baller Game Day Twitter check-in. I just had Luke Longley on my brain because uh, I fucking love seeing Luke Longley the the uh, like court side for these... NBL games isn't it awesome? I'm loving it. Just out there, fucking high fiving dudes, stomping on the court. It's like, yeah, Luke Longley, welcome back. Love it. Anyway, Patty Mills game day, baller game day. Twitter check in inspiration board. Jock, Rock'em, sock'em, sock him, block him, jock him. finally got his engagement party. It looks like he was up in Denny, wearing a big old cowboy hat. So go check out his IG story. It is fucking hilarious. He's like, oh, there's Jock getting shit faced. Love it. <laughs> But good job, mate. Good job. All right. Game previews and picks for tomorrow. Let's do it. Game previews. Game previews. Thanks, inadvertent, Bane. Not a problem, Jimmy. How's it all going? Yeah, good. Out of ISO. The squid's out of ISO. He's at daycare today. Old mate will be out of ISO tomorrow. And We've both been feeling pretty good the last few days. So, yeah, happy days. Good shit. Exciting times. Uh, We went one of two on the picks today. Missed out on... I had uh, Miami. Uh, now the Dallas pick. Missed out on the Miami pick. Uh, so that leaves us at 30, I believe. I'll just check that. 30 of 59 so far for the playoffs. Cool. All right, so tomorrow, Tuesday's games. We've got game four of Boston Milwaukee I hear it's Algonquin for the good land. The Bucs are one and a half point favorites at home against the Celtics, which is pretty tricky because Talk about, like, upside in the way the Celtics played versus the way the Bucs played. It feels like the Bucs almost asked their way into a win in Game 3. They really stymied the Celtics. But, I mean, this is what we saw in Games 1 and 2, right? Like, adjustments. Uh, Boston came out, played like shit in Game 1. Turns around, they kick some ass in Game 2. Much more evenly matched in Game 3. The Celtic sort of ceiling feels that like a little bit higher. If Smart's feeling a little bit better, a little bit more up for it, he actually hits some fucking shots in game four maybe. Uh, but at the same time, I just feel like the Bucks at home with Giannis, giving him just like an inch, give him a mile, right? Like, he's going to be looking at this just going, shit, if we win this game at home, we're up 3-1, and we've then got three chances to just take out this series. So I'm going to have to go to the Bucks minus one and a half. I think the job that they've done on Tatum, we saw Jalen Brown stank it up in Game One, but Tatum is like the under sort of reported story in this, where it's like, yeah, he's just got no space. Wes Matthews is doing a number on him so far. I think Tatum probably shakes that off a little bit in Game Four with a, you know, fewer adjustments on the Boston side of the uh, ball, where they free him up, getting a little bit more space. Maybe using Al. I mean, they've already used a lot of pick and pop stuff with Al, obviously, because they've been shooting the shit out of it, but. I just think the Bucs, I think they can just throw Giannis at it and just go, Giannis, just go get us 40, mate. What do you reckon? And he's like, yeah, you know what, can do. So give me the bucks minus one and a half. And then Memphis at Golden State, game four. The Grizzlies are 10 and a half point underdogs here. And you might go, well, Jimmy, it's because they lost by 30 yesterday. It's like, well, <laughs> I mean, you make a good point. It was 142-112 yesterday. They lost by 30. Ten and a half point underdogs. I think there's a lot of fight in this Grizzlies team. I think they could win this and surprise everyone. As I said yesterday, like Golden State were always going to have that one game where everything drops, they look awesome, they have a great shooting game. Uh, I expected it to be game four, and I expected the Grizzlies to surprise them and win game three. The Grizzlies, without Jar, we know they can play their asses off I think it's a little bit different, though, when you play the playoffs. I think the Grizzlies might lose this now, but they make it close. And the Warriors sweat this one out. They win it by about six. But the Grizzlies cover the 10.5. So I'm going to say Warriors by six, but uh, Grizzlies cover. And Ja, you know that he's going to try to do everything to play, especially in a huge game four. But give me the 10.5 points, and uh, I'll trust Memphis to uh, make the Warriors work for it. So there we go. And awesome. Unreal. That's it for today. Good shit. Enjoyed that one. It's nice to be sort of back feeling normal. The throat's a little bit better. Feeling good. So uh, that's it for today. We'll be back tomorrow to wrap up those two games for you all again. Um, and, yeah, it'll be nice to have a quick show, I reckon, tomorrow because today with the weekend winners and losers, we've gone a little bit long, whatever. Either way, should be great. Love a good Tuesday show. In the meantime, make sure you're following NBA Australia on Twitter, face IGs or all over the socials. NFL Australia with myself and Gaz. Still trying to figure out when we do our big NFL off-season wrap of the draft and free agency and stuff, but it'll be coming soon. Um, Adam with World Wrestling Australia. Go check that out on YouTube, FWCIE on Twitter for him. NBAStrike.com slash shop. Get your merch, get your merch. Check us a rating and review on your podcast app. Come on. I don't ask for too much. I really don't. I'm, I never ask for anything. <laughs> Knowable. Download the novel app, bang in the code Australia, you get 20% off. Uh, big thanks go to From Oslo for the intro and outro song. Check out their new band, House Hats. And big thanks always go to Joshua De Laurentis, Fascinated, Goldmines, Ramshackle Army, Iowa, Sex I Green, 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 and Dozers for the tunes you hear throughout the show. Smash them all on Bandcamp, Triple J and Earth, Facey, Apple Music, Spotify. Have you listening tunes? Follow your bands? Do it! NBA Australia sports Australian bands. Right, uh, that's it for today. No skip because my... Uh, I reckon my uh, throat is on its uh, (laughs) last legs at the moment. She's getting a bit scratchy. So uh, we might save the skits for later in the week, and we'll see how we go. All right, we'll catch you tomorrow, you dickheads. Look after yourselves. As NBA Australia is saying, later, hoes now.